All right. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. We have Lisa Tahir. Lisa is a licensed clinical social worker who's been practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist for over 20 years. Her life and work take her between her hometown of New Orleans and Los Angeles. Lisa is the host of All Things Therapy podcast. Uh, podcast on LA Talk Radio, dedicated to promoting personal growth and advancing the conversation on emotional, psychological, and spiritual development. In 2010, Lisa founded the Yes Foundation, a nonprofit organization that utilizes her U.S. patented workbench to make the art of glass blowing compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act to aid wheelchair-using children and adults in their pursuit of creating glass art. Lisa is the author of the upcoming book being published in 2020 by Inner Traditions, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Lisa is endorsed by New York Times bestselling authors and by leaders in the mind, body, and spirit genre. Lisa, welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. Toby, thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, you know, it sounds like you've, you've kind of got an interesting, unique uh, kind of approach to things. And I'm curious kind of what, what sort of was it that originally kind of led you down this path? Of well, the... I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, Toby, because I know you're a neurophysiology researcher, and that's so compelling to me how our brain works. And for me, in the last five years or so, I've become just really interested in the quantum field and particularly how our thoughts turn into things and just the, the science behind that and the spirituality behind that. And I'm a meditator. I meditate daily. And as a result, I've received ideas and impulses to act upon that have then unfolded into some really wonderful things like my book that's coming out and just, I don't know, I'm excited to have the conversation around um, non-physical energy, deliberately creating, and just kind of how it all comes together so our listeners can use it in their own lives. Right, right, absolutely. Well, tell me, there is an interesting uh, interesting thing. I mean, as far as kind of this blend of different uh, astrology, I see uh, on your bio, you also include uh, crystal healing, prayer, intention setting, uh, Reiki. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Tell me, tell me a little about those because those are, you know, certain things that, uh, those are a lot of new things that I don't believe I've had anyone previously on the podcast talk about. So kind of awesome. Tell me, tell me a little about how, how you've incorporated all of those into your practice. Absolutely. I was trained formally as a licensed clinical social worker at Tulane University, utilizing just evidence-based practice, people self-reporting, feeling better, and, and that worked for a while, yet I started to become frustrated personally with the rehashing of old and traumatic memories. It's as if we have to stay dwelling in, in those painful places, and, and that's what healing was kind of packaged as. And I started to see clients you know, just take a really long time to feel better. And myself also having been in therapy for over 20 years, I felt like I started to wonder what is beyond this old story? Like what, 
how is this even helping to keep going back to the wound and the the disempowerment and to really be with that younger part of yourself which needs to happen especially when there's trauma and abuse that an individual is healing from yet there comes a time when we need to move beyond that and start telling a new story of who we are becoming of who we want to be and i found when i went to the west coast that practitioners integrated these eastern philosophies reiki healing is simply source energy, however you would define that, coming through the practitioner's body and hands. It's kind of like a laying on of hands where I hover my hands over the client's chakras and the energy is transmitted to them as healing. They often feel it as warmth. Their body sometimes starts to get warmer. They might have vivid dreams or imaginations. And it's a super relaxing process with Reiki healing music. I use crystals like rose quartz for the heart chakra, amethyst underneath the head for the crown chakra. I'll use selenite if I sense a disturbance in, in the participant's energy field and their chakra system. And so I found by utilizing some other types of things with the talk therapy, I'll do a part Reiki session, part talk therapy session that clients just felt kind of things lift off them. And then they had new insights even around the same specific memories. And so that's the Reiki. Do you, does that, does that make sense? How it is. Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. So then also then tell me, uh, tell me a little about how you incorporate the astrology stuff. That actually came to me as a download in meditation about four years ago when I was sitting in meditation, kind of contemplating what I just shared. What is beyond the the story of our wounding? Like, come on, like, you know, what's kind of the next evolution of psychology and of healing? And just sitting there with this open hearted and mind, like just wanting to receive, I received the word Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. And I know of Chiron from from Carl Jung, it's one of the archetypes of the wounded healer. And so that was my only reference. And I started Googling Chiron and I learned that Chiron is also an astrological placement in our birth chart, which is called our natal chart. Just like our sun might be in, I don't know, Gemini, our moon might be in Aries, Chiron is in a sign. And Chiron identifies our deepest core wounding. So I spent the next three and a half years researching and writing about Chiron and coined the word psychoastrology, which I got a US trademark on. And psychoastrology simply is, it demarcates our, interrated, our interrelated relationship between our personal psychology and our natal astrology. And for me, I'm not an astrologer. I'm a psychotherapist. However, I've become an expert on Chiron, the wounded healer, and have found 12 specific core wounds based on when you were born that might help you understand some of the repetitive patterns that you found in your life and, and want to change and shift. Interesting. Uh, would we be able to uh, go through some of those? And actually, yeah. I guess first, actually, before um, we do that, I just wanted to kind of ask a little more. So, so, uh, so this word Chiron, you said that means wounded healer. Yeah. Uh, t tell me a little more about that as far as, um, sure. 
Well, there's a whole mythology. Chiron in Greek mythology was the healing, the god of the healing arts of pharmacy, of medicine. And he's talked about, he was a centaur. And most centaurs were like warring uh, centaurs, but Chiron was different. He had empathy and he was wounded in a battle and felt human pain. And the pain was so great that he asked Zeus to die, that he could not deal with feeling the pain that humans feel. So Zeus did grant him immortality. And in exchange, he transmitted his healing arts to people. And so that's kind of the mythology behind Chiron. And Chiron is also an asteroid in the solar system between the planets of Saturn and Uranus. It has an odd elliptical orbit, and it was discovered in, I think, 1974 by Charles Cowell. And it's, it's, an, it's a placement in our natal astrology not often talked about because it's not as fun. It's like, where is your Venus, your planet of love, you know, or what's your sun sign uh, or your rising sign? But it's just as important because it points to areas of vulnerability. And for me, I just want to offer a different paradigm. You know, it, it started Freud in 1914, talked about the repetition compulsion, how we have these unconscious patterns that we repeat and don't know how to, how to abate, how to shift. And then object relationists talked about the same thing afterwards, that our object relations, the relationships we had with our caretakers form like a pattern cyclically that we have that we carry into our adult relationships and some people get stuck there and don't know how to change and it was also spoken about by let's see attachment theorists believe that early developmental patterns form our schemas or patterns of relationship that are then repeated so this has been talked about in so many ways back you know to the early 1900s that i wanted to offer a paradigm for people to identify where they might have areas of vulnerability and it's through personal responsibility that i believe we heal that astrology might be diagnostic but it's really about what are we willing to do who are we willing to become and my book offers practical takeaway steps and affirmations i believe in the power of affirmations statements that we that we define about ourselves how we want to believe and then we start living in to those statements and they become true for us i, I wonder what you think about that toby yeah no the the i mean what you were just mentioning kind of sounds like that law, sort of law of attraction sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 I've talked to some previous guests about that and yeah, I mean, it's definitely something uh, I, I subscribe to for the most part um, as far as like, I think some people can use it in uh, in a way that's like, you know, they think that they can have all the ideas and thoughts, but then, they lose the part about kind of following through on the action. Yeah. They're just like the idea of like, sort of like the magical thinking that just having the idea is going to get them, you know, what they want. But then there's yes. also the components of actually taking the action too. I but think that's, the, go on, you first. No, I was just going to say for the most part, I, I mean, I think it's the first step is agreed upon that it's like, you know, having the ideas, you know, I think that's super important. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the ideas and then to really show up for ourselves in new and different ways by being willing to try new things. Often when I suggest, for instance, a client that's struggling with anxiety, especially, and I bring up, you know, what about meditation? And so many people have the belief they can't meditate, they can't sit still for that long. And while that may be true, what I hear underneath that is that they don't really believe it's going to help them, that they feel really at the end of their rope. And so, um, you know, there are different kinds of meditations. There's walking meditations. There's uh, meditations as you eat, just mindfully eating, mindfully drinking. So, and even starting with a short duration, I'm using meditation as an example because it's one that people kind of are either, oh yeah, I really want to try that or there's immediate resistance. I don't think I can do it. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can get creative with how to approach new techniques, you know, then we can step forward and try them and, and do them for ourselves. Absolutely. I, I'm curious, like what your what your sort of process is, because it is it, it's really cool the the different sort of unique techniques that you've integrated into your uh, it sounds like your practices. How do you what's your uh, what's your sort of um, uh, I guess formula or, or step by step process as far as like do you you research this stuff or learn about this stuff and then sort of start. Uh, trying it with with patients or what's that process sort of like that's a great question toby i've tried it all with myself first like i've been okay. my own guinea pig uh, for the last i mean i've been in a healing process for 20 years in my own therapeutic process and then finding reiki and meditation and i i really believe also in physical activity working out to really address healing mind body and spirit that we need all three components to really be our most actualized and powerful selves. And I think the more tools we have in our to toolbox to utilize, the better off we are. Because say, like for now, during uh, the pandemic and quarantine, you know, you're not able to use all of your self-care skills. So it's a time when I think if you do have a meditation practice, it's really useful since we're having to be at home more versus if you're a person that only socializes in person. So I guess I, I've used my own self to practice things, to go to different types of healers and then study the ones that I really loved, like the Reiki healing, crystals. I love crystals. I, I sleep with crystals under my pillow, usually a clear quartz for clarity and a rose quartz for love. And I'll switch them out. Like if I want to create more abundance, I might sleep with a piece of citrine under my pillow. And so I just find it very cool. Oh, here's my kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> guest appearance. Yes, guest appearance. So I just think, you know, whatever, there's so many ways of healing and we're all so unique, Toby. So I encourage our listeners to research into what resonates with them, that there's diversity. And I don't have all the answers. I'm just offering what has worked for me. And if we all do this, I think we're going to create just more energy of healing in our world. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think keeping an open mind and exploring the different modalities, just, you know, whatever, whatever floats people's boats, you know, that the way I see it, in the work I do, it's like not one, one thing, not one therapy, you know, fits everyone, but 
you know, generally it's a matter of finding, you know, what does, what it, what appeals to the person and what ends up really working and getting the job done in the end that, you know, I think is what, what's really important. And that is where I start with people, exactly what you're saying, kind of assessing what's important to them, what beliefs do they have about life, about, you know, not everyone that comes in believes in spirituality. That's cool. They might find peace in nature. Um, so I think it's different. I, I like to understand where a person's coming from so I can build from that baseline instead of trying to convince them to believe like I do, because that never works. I'm not here to convince you to think like I am. I'm, I'm here to help you really believe more in yourself and cultivate and develop your own resources. I call it empowerment, I-N, sourcing from within yourself and bringing that out of you. And a lot of times people aren't sure what's in there. They aren't really sure of all their capacities and gifts. So I really like co-creating that with a client, like helping them go deeper within themselves and bringing that forward. Right, right. I, I want to I wanna switch gears a little bit now. Yeah. I want to uh, ask you about, you know, you're also a fellow podcaster. I am. I wanted to see how, what sort of inspired you to start a podcast. And then if you could tell me kind of a little about, you know, what, uh, what sort of the purpose or goal, you know, of, of your podcast is. That's a great question, Toby. I love it. it it's my favorite 45 minutes of the week, even if I feel like I'm kicking and screaming to prepare, like we talked about a little earlier, you know, to research, I might not always feel like doing that. But every time 100% of the time, I feel better after finishing my show than when I started it. And um, I, I started my podcast in 2016. So I have over 200 episodes in four years consistently. Weekly podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's been yeah. a lot of showing up talking about showing up. I've showed up for this and attracted just amazing guests like John Gray, who wrote Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, uh, Dr. Dawson Church, who works in the quantum field as a scientist and psychologist, Marianne Williamson, who was running for president, 11 New York Times bestselling books, Dr. Judith Orloff of the Empath Survival Guide out of UCLA, and just on and on, like amazing guests that I never even thought, Toby, that I'd be able to sit and converse with and hold space with, but I really wanted to evolve myself four years ago. And I had quite a few friends that had podcasts or shows in Los Angeles. And I was like, wow, like if they can do it, maybe I can too. And so I just started Googling podcasting and found LA talk radio. They were really easy to work with. And then just started reaching out to guests, like emailing my dream people that I want to talk to. And for some guests, it's literally taken like three, four years to get them on the podcast, but I'm persistent and, and it always happens. Like Sean Korn, the evolutionary yoga practitioner and humanitarian, it took a few years to get her on the show and I just had her on a few months ago. So I feel like, you know, if you really put out there what you want and take those baby steps towards it, that the energy is matched and, and your desired outcomes will manifest with your consistency. And so it's helped me grow as a person, Toby, to even sit with you. Like mm -hmm. you're a neurophysiology researcher. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're super smart. You know, I can't even imagine doing that. And so it landed me here and it's just expanded my life and my happiness. 
Absolutely. It, it's funny. I mean, just a lot of things you say, it's like I can, I can relate to as far as being able to have those awesome, interesting conversations with people, you know, I probably otherwise wouldn't be, wouldn't be talking to if it weren't for the podcast. Yeah. Is um, that the same for you? And, and yeah, what you did? absolutely. Yeah. And, and same as far as just reaching out, emailing, whatever, you know, top neuroscience people or books, you know, if I've read a interesting neuroscience book, you know, I'll see, yeah. I'll, I'll just email the author. And sometimes That's awesome. it is as easy as just sending out a couple emails and getting them on the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, some of your shows I've listened to, I'm like, wow, because it is the neuroscience and it's so interesting to me, yet also in a, such a different field than what I work in. And like, we're all doing this. Like my mission is to change consciousness one conversation at a time mm -hmm. through my podcast. And I feel like listening to podcasts like yours helps me also change my consciousness by introducing new thoughts and concepts that I've never even heard of. Absolutely. I, I'm just curious, Lisa, do you, do you feel like, like, does the podcast do, do a lot of your patients listen to your podcast? Is it a very like interconnected thing as far as do you use that sort of to, to like inform patients about services that you do, or is it kind of more, more separate? Well, one of the coolest things I found out unexpectedly is that I'll get emails every now and then from a client I have not seen in five, six, seven years, and they'll email, like, I really appreciate your podcast. I've been listening. And it's like, it hits me right in the heart space. Cause you know, I think sometimes we have no idea the reach that we have. And that, that brings up tears of like satisfaction because, you know, I just show up every week doing this cause I love it. Cause I believe it to be a value, but sometimes we don't really know, you know, we hope that it is. And yet when I get those emails or when a friend texts like, Oh my God, I loved what you said today. And I loved your guest. It's like, I, I had no idea of the people that are listening, the friends, the clients, and it just keeps me wanting to do this more. And, and as long as I feel led to, I don't know for you, what has your experience been with, with that? I mean, a lot of the, the similar thing, like what specifically? Well, as far as like hearing, you know, here you are podcasting, like, is anybody listening? And then right. you might get that, that text or email that they are, uh, and just how gratifying that right. is. Right, right, right. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's something, yeah, I, I guess I have heard that from, from certain people or, or also just, you know, sometimes the, the guests, you know, that I have on the podcast, you know, they'll just tell me after like, you know, Hey, you know, I think I, I was able to talk about all this stuff that, you know, people don't usually even ask me about. So that's just, awesome. Yeah. Seeing, seeing the appreciation um, from both sides and just, just really getting feedback, I think is, is such a valuable tool being able to kind of see what works, what doesn't, what people are yeah. receptive to, what they're not. Yeah. And I, I've learned, like you mentioned before we went live that I used to prepare like overkill and I felt like, I wasn't in the moment. And as the years have gone on, like you said, I like to just listen to my guests and just vibe off what's happening in the conversation. And it flows so much better. And I feel like it's a richer and deeper episode than if I'm just focused on what are my notes. And it sounds like that's been your experience as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, I wanted to switch gears again. Um, yeah. Tell me, so this is an interesting thing that you had 
that I mentioned in the introduction as far as you're using this, uh, this patented workbench uh, for the, the uh, glass blowing to yeah. help uh, for kids with disabilities. Yeah. How did that whole thing start and then kind of take, uh, 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 kind of go into, go into practice? Sure. Um, I have been a glass artist for over 20 years. It, I, it's my therapy. I love glass casting where you take a ladle. It's a heavy ladle. I'm suited up in leather and a face shield. It's a very industrial and physical process with torches that shoot fire. And I scoop the molten glass. It's 2,300 degrees. And I pour it into sand molds and steel molds to create glass sculpture. And then I'll also blow some cups for, you know, drinking. It, it's, it's just like a passion for my, like I lose myself in it. You know, we talk mm-hmm. about peak experiences that mm-hmm. we're really focused in the moment and how helpful those are to get out of our own heads. Yes. Um, for me, it's glass art. And I noticed over the years that glass art is not accessible to people with disabilities in wheelchairs. And I have a bachelor's degree in Americans with Disabilities Act compliance. It's something I did as a younger person. And I was like, wow, like that sucks. Like that people in wheelchairs can't blow glass. And I started to think like, well, I want to make that happen. Like maybe that can be like my gift to the world. Like when I'm not here, you know, just something that, that represents what was important to me, which is creating change. And so I went to work on a patent. It took about eight years to get the U.S. patent, which I received. And it was an easy modification, Toby. I simply took the seat out of a traditional glass blowing bench that's been around for like thousands of years and had it made on risers to go up and down based on the size and height of the wheelchair, built out really sturdy. And I, I demoed it. I taught a class over a year ago and taught a 14-year-old boy with autism to blow glass from his wheelchair. His mom started crying. His grandmother was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so it's what I work on, like on nights and weekends. Um, I've, I created a nonprofit. I have 501c3 status for the Yes Foundation. And I've just been putting my own money into it over the last 10 years until I'm able to do a bigger launch to the public. And uh, so I plan to do that in 2021, to do a bigger launch with the bench at a glass studio in New Orleans. I'm going to donate it to them and then they'll invite in media and, you know, people, you know, to like, this is what I want to leave the world. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's taken a lot of work too, but I really want to hit healing on every front, you know, therapy. I used to be a fitness instructor. Like I so believe, like I said, in the mind body connection that our body represents how we feel about ourselves inwardly. And so I can't do, I can't do everything. So I leave that now to the fitness professionals. I focus on the emotional, psychological, and spiritual healing those are kind of like my wheelhouses now. Right, right. Tell me, I want to hear more about the the healing specifically in terms of, I saw in your bio, um, you're talking about recovering from abuse, alcoholism, uh, substance abuse, and drug addiction, um, and the importance of health and fitness and mental health. Um, so tell me, I guess, uh, you know, what, say with, uh, you know, substance abuse or, you know, uh, with alcoholism, what uh, what do you sort of see um, kind of with those patients, what, what, what do you sort of have to get to, 
uh, as far as like the root of the issue. Oh, that's great, Toby. I was actually just on a continuing education uh, seminar having to do with addiction recovery before we did our show today. And I see with addiction that there are underlying causes that people are not born to start drinking and using drugs. It, it's a learned habit, typically as a coping coping mechanism, I'll put in air quotes, to trauma, to emotions that one does not know how to verbalize or handle. And so the alcohol, the drugs, uh, compulsive sex, whatever the addiction is, becomes like an escape and it, it usually works. It's effective. Drugs, alcohol, sex work immediately to feel better. But over time, it becomes debilitating and the returns are diminished. And you start to be in a cycle of having to use, for instance, in order not to feel bad. And even in the seminar, some people with drug addictions, they have to use to keep from being sick like with opiate use. And so it becomes something that isn't satisfying, that's terribly depleting and dangerous and causes one to really separate from their own inner knowing. And so for me, addiction healing and recovery really starts with basic self-care, with learning how to care for oneself without using the substance or the drug of choice or alcohol or whatever it is and developing empathy and forgiveness towards oneself. Cause I think people with addictions harbor a lot of judgments towards themselves. They tend to be really hard on themselves and others. And so to cultivate that space of uh, compassion plugged in, plus like some really awesome other things, other things to invest themselves in and dealing with the underlying trauma, abuse, or whatever it was that caused them to turn to those maladaptive coping mechanisms to begin with. And I think it's like a lifelong journey to really stay plugged in to one's recovery, whatever that might look like. And, um, you know, just creating a new, a new and different life by changing people, places, and things. Right. Absolutely. Um, okay. Interesting. And then tell me, tell me, I want to talk a little about, um, about your book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me, I guess, uh, sort of what inspired you to write a book and then I guess uh, a little about, um, what it is. I see it's called, I just have it pulled up here that, so it's called the Chiron effect, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. Yeah. I have a, I printed out a copy of the manuscript, it is in its final, it's being typeset right now to be launched, sent out to bookstores on November 10th. And this is so exciting for me, Toby, because I, I've always wanted to write a book. I have started and stopped so many books. I have like notebooks in my other room up here. I mean, full of ideas, sketching out all kinds of trajectories of what I want to write about, but nothing ever stuck until this one. And I learned it really is a commitment to write a book that you have to show up to write when you don't want to, when you have nothing to say. And I learned on those days when there was no new information that I'm just going to read through what I wrote and edit it. And over three and a half years, I had a full book. I had a team of a couple of editors to help me with the grammar and punctuation because I tend to write like I like I think, like I speak, which isn't always tied up so nicely grammatically. Um, but I really, this book incorporates like the very best 
of where I am right now with all that I bring to the table of healing and psychology and spirituality. Like it incorporates everything that reflects where I am right now. And um, I've edited it at least nine times with editors and they have the final copy because it's just, I wanted it to be the best that I could do right now because my goal is to help people self heal and the book centers around healing through empathy and forgiveness. And I think if we had more empathy for ourselves and for others, this planet would look very different. It would be more nurturing. We would take care of ourselves and others more deeply and long lasting. And I think to forgive, I, I believe forgiveness is an actioned process every day that we can find something seemingly small to forgive ourselves for because over the years of our lives, we just create these layer upon layers of judgments where we didn't do it well enough, we failed even, we believe, and to really unravel all that, my, my book is to help people self-heal so that maybe one day they don't need a therapist for as long as, as they might right now, that they can access tools and resources to self-heal and just be happier and healthier in their own lives. Right. This sounds incredible. Thank um, you. How how long? Uh, what like when? I guess so. When did you sort of start having the idea? Oh, okay. This is you know the book that I want to write, um, and then just you know the the whole process of you know writing and revising. How how long did that whole process? It's been span? it's been three and a half consistent years. The last three okay. and a half years of my life, like every week, has been focused on this book and it felt like uh, like I'm birthing something. I've never had children, but I feel like I have been pregnant with this book for three and a half years. And it's, it's almost felt at moments like a burden. And then also like, oh my God, I have to get this out. It's like, this has to come to life. And um, you know, moments of just like this intensity to, to birth this book and it's done. It is, you know, it's coming out no matter what, like it's mm -hmm. completely done. I feel just such uh, like a relief that I fulfilled kind of my mission because it felt like I was given this, um, like given Chiron, like from the spirits above to like speak this out into existence in a different way than what it's been said before. So I feel really happy that I fulfilled that and I'm it'll be exciting to see what people think I know some people I get a little pushback on the astrology component like that's not science that's not legitimate okay it's it's just what I learned that Chiron in particular the wounded healer archetype has some things to show us about our personal psychology if we want to just be stronger and healthier so it's like I said earlier just another offering a paradigm I'm not trying to force astrology I'm just trying to like share another way of healing with people. Sure. Sure. Um, and I guess I, I'm, I'm curious as far as, uh, you know, with the book, did you, did you sort of know intuitively sort of when, when you were done with it or was there always sort of like going back and trying to make something a little more perfect or like, did it feel like, okay, I'm done. This is, the, you know, a huge it relief. Did. It did, it did, Toby. It felt like at some point after so many revisions, it was, I felt like I'm complete. This is complete. Like a total done, like you're saying. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you.
That's super cool. So yes. this, this book is coming out when? November 10th. It's available right now for pre-sale on, I mean, I know at the end we're going to talk about my website, but on my website, there's the Amazon link and all that kind of Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and it'll be in major bookstores and available now. And there's a, I have a page for it on my website so people can read about it to see if it resonates with them before they buy it. And I've also been reading my book, Toby, to people on my social media. I've been reading like five to six minute segments on my YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook so people can really see what the book is about and if it speaks to them. That's a very interesting uh, sort of, I don't want to say just purely marketing, but but just being able to give people like a little, these sort of little tidbits Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I want it to be I like useful. The idea. Thank you. Because one thing, like, oh, buy my new book, but like, you know, what if I, I want people to like? I want them to resonate. I want it to have yeah. meaning and value for them. Right. And so I started doing experiencing. that. Yeah, during COVID, yeah. I started doing that. Like with all the free time, like what can I offer? So I just started reading my book. Right. You know, I, I guess speaking of you know COVID, it, it's something I've you know obviously brought up kind of with all the the guests that I've been having on the past few months. And I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, your take as far as, you know, it seems like we're having, you know, just skyrocketing rates of, you know, alcohol consumption, you know, liquor sales and, you know, yeah. probably, you know, similar as far as, you know, substance abuse, just with people having all this extra time and incredible stress. And I'm curious kind of what, what, what do you see as like sort of the psychological repercussions being of this? That's such a good question. I don't know that I've thought of it in the way you're presenting it. Mm -hmm. I really like that. You know, I, what comes to mind, Toby, as you're asking me that is that while there are those things, increased rates of addiction and domestic violence, that conversely, there's also some great gifts happening and people really rising to the occasion with generosity and kindness like we haven't seen um, before the pandemic with people really cooking at home, spending time with their loved ones and families, being more present. Because um, it's kind of painful, like when you can't go to work and you can't go out, like you're forced to be with yourself. And I've seen on social media, friends and colleagues at first, initially, it's like, ouch, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do to over the months, like settling in to a place of some more peace and maybe learning to meditate or reading the books they never got to read because they were so busy that I've seen people really change their priorities in a more healthy way as time goes on. So I think that one of the psychological after effects could be a greater use and appreciation of self-care and even kindness that we are all in this together, that us coming together more than what we did before is such an individualized society that even wearing a mask, I believe, shows kindness and care for your fellow person. And so I think there, there's some really wonderful things coming out of this time as it goes on. I'm right. curious what, what you think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly, I feel like, uh, uh, a test of, I mean, a lot of things as far as just people's resilience. And, you know, I think there's you know, certain people who've, who've used this time as sort of like a, a wake up call of, you know, 
life, you know, we don't know how much longer is left and you know, we'll sort of try to do everything we've ever tried to do and, and dreamed of. And people, people, you know, certain people, it seems like are, you know, this was sort of the, the sort of jumping off point that they really needed. Um, yeah, exactly. A lot of stuff going. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously not, you know, taking anything away from, you know, the horrible, you know, disease and and all the pain and suffering it's caused people. But at the same time, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't think, you know, I think there, there has been some good that's, you know, come from it. And the way that we connect is changing, which has been interesting to me, um, you know, with the remote, with the Zoom, like we're doing, that we're connect, we're finding unique ways to connect while we haven't been able to be in person like like we used to. And so that's been interesting. Like, you know, where, where there's a will, there's a way, and people are so resilient, which is one of the thoughts I always come back to being a therapist, that mm. it's like this drive within human beings to heal. It is a natural innate for our bodies, for our emotions, just the resiliency that we possess. And to tap into that, I think it's a choice every day. I know it has been for me. You know, am I going to cry about the situation I'm in or facing, or am I going to rise above it and look for solutions? And usually I do some of both. I cry and then I find the solutions. Like I have to clear out the emotion and then I receive kind of like, okay, the strength and the path. So I encourage listeners, there's no right or wrong. The pandemic has activated a, a grieving process too. And so it's okay to be with your emotions and to be really gentle with yourself as you are figuring out what's next. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. Well, awesome, Lisa. I, I've really enjoyed having you on the show today. Um, we're just kind of coming up uh, to the end. Um, so yeah, you know, if, if, or just tell kind of our, you know, our listeners, you know, as far as if they're, uh, they're interested, you know, where can they find, you know, uh, kind of your work, uh, your uh, information about your practice or practices, uh, along with where can they, where can they buy your book? Yeah. Everything is at one website, NOLA therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. Everything's there. And it's the same across my social media. So I've simplified like everything, it. built a new website. So just nolatherapy.com. And I appreciate you, Toby, having me on and taking your time. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and for the listeners, you know, if you guys enjoyed the show today, um, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, Roscoe's Wetsuit. Uh, and then you can also listen to audio versions of the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, along with iHeartRadio. So go ahead and check us out whichever way you want. Um, again, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Toby. Have a great day. You as well.